how a seemingly routine eight yard pass and catch shows you a glimpse of how special the New Orleans Saints wide receiver core is in 2022. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make it Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com. USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays a lot in NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job today for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. It is Film Watch Wednesday today where we break down some plays that were important to the previous weekend's results. We're going to take a look at some things that went well for the New Orleans Saints, went good for the New Orleans Saints, went well for the New Orleans Saints, some things that didn't go so well for the New Orleans Saints. And I'll show you why you should really be believing in Alante Taylor, the second round rookie cornerback. If Dennis Allen gave him some nice praise when I asked about him uh, on Monday. But I want to kick things off with something that went well for the New Orleans Saints. And to the normal, you know, sort of situation here, you might think of this as simply a routine eight-yard catch on a third and five, so he picked up a first down there, but then not much else to take from it. But the New Orleans Saints did something unique with their wide receiver group. And one of the things that we've talked about a ton when it comes to these wide receivers is the way that they can kind of do everything, right? They can run their full route tree. They can be three-level threats. You can line them up in the slot outside, all that. But we've always talked about how they stretch the defense. But what about when they when they contract the defense, when they, when they, when they gather and sort of force the defense into sort of this traffic situation. The New Orleans Saints did that on this third and five against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. And again, it might just look like a routine throw and catch that picks up eight yards, but it's a glimpse into why this wide receiver core is so special. And this is something to keep an eye out on because I think you're going to see more and more of this throughout the season. So the play that we're looking at here um, is a, a third and eight. This is in the second quarter, five minutes, 28 seconds. If you have NFL Plus, and you kind of want to scroll through the play over on NFL Plus with their coaches film if it's up already, uh, you, you can. But I'm going to do my best to kind of walk through it as well. Uh, the Saints are in shotgun on this one with, uh, I believe it's Tony Jones Jr. on the, yeah, Tony Jones Jr. on the right hip of uh, Jameis Winston. On the, you have the formation for the receivers and what's called a three by one. So three by one just means that on one side, there's three pass catchers. On the other side, there's one pass catcher. A two by two would be the same principle, but two on one side, two on the other side. So the lone receiver on the offensive right side is um, is tight end Juwan Johnson. But over on the left side, you have Chris Olave out wide, which basically only goes to the numbers. So again, they're condensing the defense here a little bit. They're contracting things. So inside the numbers, but on the outside to the left is Chris Olave. Then on the inside, just outside the left hash marks on the offensive left side is uh, Michael Thomas. And then right behind him, sort of on his back right hip, is Jarvis Landry. This is usually called a stack. 
when you're talking about stacking wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. This is what you're looking at with Michael Thomas up ahead, one step on the line of scrimmage, Jarvis Landry, one step behind him and back on his right uh, hip off of the line of scrimmage. Same thing on the outside there with Chris Olave. He's one step off the line of scrimmage as well. So what this does is that it effectively forces a three on three on that side because there are going to be two line. There's going to be a linebacker and a defensive back over on the right hand side where you have the one uh, tight end. You have three down linemen in this situation, one of which is dropping into coverage. That's uh, Joe Tryon who ends up doing that. But then over on the left side, you have 35, 31, and 32, your, your, your defenders. So you've got a safety deep, you've got a safety up in the box, and you have a corner Jamel Dean over on the outside. So it gives you sort of this three on three. Jamel Dean is going to focus on the outside on Chris Olave. Uh, Antoine Winfield, who's kind of down in the slot, is going to focus on whichever of the two coming out of the stack are breaking outside, so going towards the sideline. And in the safety over the top, as well as the linebacker that's dropping into coverage, you're going to take care of Michael Thomas. You're going to kind of bracket him a little bit. They did this consistently all throughout the game. Bracketing just meaning that you have a safety over the top and then another defender underneath, or you have somebody on either side, things like that, right? You have like two defenders on opposite sides, making sure that you, you're cutting off throwing lanes, things like that. So let's start with the stack with uh, Michael Thomas and then on his back right hip, Jarvis Landry. So the the sort of common practice is that the wide receiver on the line of scrimmage will go towards the outside. That's the most sort of direct path, while the wide receiver on the back right hip that's off the line of scrimmage will usually cut inside or kind of clear out right up the middle and just kind of run down the field, trying to open up a pathway in between those two areas. The Saints instead flip that. They have Michael Thomas run this kind of hitch over to the middle of the field. So he's coming from outside the left hash to right in the middle of the field. So he's just kind of doing this Let's call it an eight-yard hitch that brings him around to the middle of the field. The linebacker drops off the line of scrimmage, covers him, and then the safety stays over the top. He's covered for the most part. Jarvis Landry, though, just darts straight, kind of like diagonally going towards the line of scrimmage and pushing upfield about five yards, going to the sticks. He carries Antoine Winfield toward the outside. So you have Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry who kind of do this kind of like opening, think of it as like butterfly wings opening up almost. And what that does is that it pulls those three defenders to one to the two to the middle of the field, one to the outside of the field, leaving uh, Chris Olave one on one with Jamel Dean on an inside breaking route. Which Chris Olave's breaks in those situations are elite. Remember, we talked about that about a month ago now of what it is that these players bring you and their ability to sink their hips, to change direction, to sell the upfield. Uh, the upfield sort of downfield run, you know, uh, route, all of that. So Chris Olave pushes upfield. He gets Jamel Dean to commit, flip his hips to to start moving moving downfield. And then Chris Olave hits the brakes, turns around before he is fully out of his break. The ball's already out of Jameis Winston's hands. Bam. Chris Olave does the veteran thing here. He attacks the football. He comes and meets the football because he is, at the time of his break, four yards beyond the first down marker. So you have five yards to get to the first down market. He's making his break at nine. So he has all of those four yards to push in and meet the ball at the catch point, come and attack the ball, make the catch, and still have room to go down and pick up the first down. That's a veteran move by Chris Olave. That is genius play design by Pete Carmichael, Dennis Allen. I'm going to give it a little, I'm going to give Pete Carmichael a little bit more shine on this. 
But this is really, really good play call. Over on the opposite side with Juwan Johnson, you just don't cross the middle of the field, right? So he is between, he's kind of up the seam. So he runs a hitch route up the seam, pulls one of the uh, DBs away, pulls the second DB away. The other DB blitzes, which is kind of coming from sort of the strong side linebacker situation uh, more than anything else. And that takes care of everything on the right side of the field. So the function of this play is to create conflict defenders, making defenders choose which way they're going. And then also getting Chris Olave, an elite route runner, one-on-one in a situation to where he can take advantage of cushion, make that DB commit upfield, and then bam, cut it back, uh, you know, and, and, and come back to, to meet the ball that Jameis Winston has delivered. It's really good play design. Uh, it, and, it, and it highlights really, really well what it is that this New Orleans Saints wide receiver group can do. They're not just guys that are going to stretch the field uh, horizontally. They're not just guys that are going to stretch the field laterally, but you can create all those conflict defenders and make them choose and pick their poison between two of these guys, three of these guys all coming from the same side of the field. So just something to watch because New Orleans Saints, I'm sure are going to come out with this formation a few times, maybe different personnel groups in terms of who those wide receivers are. Maybe Deontay Hardy gets involved in something like that. And then they'll start to set tendencies and then break tendencies. And instead of Chris Olave coming back, maybe he keeps going or it's a stop and go. It's a double move. It's, it's, it's Deontay Hardy with a double move on the outside, things like that, and then attack deep. So lots of opportunities for the New Orleans Saints in terms of what they're creating now and sort of starting, starting to paint the picture, create the tendencies, give the looks, and then they'll break those tendencies as the season rolls along. The New Orleans Saints, though, not everything went well for them. They gave up two explosive plays in the passing game over on the defensive side. We'll break down how each of them happened and why you shouldn't be super concerned about them rearing their ugly heads consistently in terms of uh, these big explosive plays. We'll break that down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, our film watch Wednesday. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs is what I've always used, whatever it is that I was looking for a job before I landed here uh, at Locked on in a you know, larger capacity. And you know, I would go there and type in, you know, I was looking for theater jobs, looking for podcast jobs, whatever it is. And I joined, you know, over 810 million people. You heard that, right? 810 million people that utilize this service that are a part of the LinkedIn network. So if you're looking to post a job and catch some eyes, 810 million people is a pool to start with for sure. And the thing that's really great about LinkedIn is that they make it so that you get to talk to the customers, the customers, the the candidates that you want to talk to faster. You get to utilize screening questions, things like that, to make sure that these people have the right skills and experience that you can prioritize those that you'd like to interview and hire. Don't forget that this is also why Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs as number one when it comes to delivering quality hires versus all of their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn on a weekly basis? You can post your job today for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day, especially here on this Film Watch Wednesday. We appreciate you very much for being here. Like I mentioned before, not everything went well for the New Orleans Saints on the defensive side, though they did have a very good game there. There were two big explosive plays uh, that the New Orleans Saints did let up 
in this contest. The first of which happened in the second quarter, first play of the second quarter, uh, a 41 yard pass on third and four from Tom Brady to Mike Evans. It was Mike Evans' biggest catch of the day. Uh, and the, the, Tampa Bay Buccaneers did some interesting things to make sure that they got the matchups that they were looking for. So we're actually going to break down two plays here, but we'll start off with this one because it was kind of the biggest one, biggest gain of the day. Mike Evans starts off uh, in you know on, on the left side in what is effectively a three by two. So you have uh, two wide receivers and a tight end on the left side. Uh, I'm sorry, not a three by two, a three by one, my apologies. So you had uh, two wide receivers and a tight end on the left side, and then another wide receiver over on the right side, Russell Gage. But then they move, but the way that they lined up, Mike Evans, he was actually lined up in the slot. So he's inside of where Brashad Perryman is over on the left side. So Marshawn Lattimore then gets lined up in man coverage with uh, Brashad Perryman. And on the inside is um, Justin Evans lining up with Mike Evans. Then they move Mike Evans into over to the right side before the snap to put him in motion. Uh, Justin Evans follows him. So then when Justin Evans follows him, they know that this is. Uh, man coverage. So what the Buccaneers then do is that when Mike Evans gets over to the right side, instead of him going all the way to the outside, he stays on the inside of Russell Gage. This allows at the snap for the wide, two wide receivers to effectively just cross. I mean, they end up crossing five yards down from the line of scrimmage here. So what this ends up creating is a natural pick or what the offense would call a rub route. The trick here is that if you're Mike Evans, you have to sell that you're just going for the four yards here on this third and four. You have to sell that you're going to try to come underneath. You got to bait the defensive back to try to go underneath the other crossing route, Russell, Russell Gage, so that you can then turn on the jets and effectively run a wheel route up the right sideline. And that's exactly what Mike Evans does. And it works to perfection. He kind of sells that he's really just going to run out to the flats a little bit. Because of that, Justin Evans tries to get underneath Russell Gage. Russell Gage kind of runs into Justin Evans. Justin Evans tries to fight through that contact, but by the time he fights through that contract, Mike Evans has already accelerated up the right sideline. Bam, big 41-yard catch and run down the right sideline. So that's how that big explosive play happened. That's just good play design by the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers utilizing sort of the man coverage aggressiveness that comes with this and getting Mike Evans matched up on a slot corner as opposed to Marshawn Lattimore, who uh, continuously ate his lunch and has now also stolen his allowance uh, twice, once in 2017 when he was suspended, now suspended for a game again here in 2021. So that's how the big 41-yard catch happened. Now let's look at the touchdown catch by Brashad Perryman. It was a 28-yard pass between uh, Tom Brady and Brashad Perryman. And this one's pretty easy. I mean, they get Brashad Perryman in the slot. He's lined up with PJ Williams because Mike, excuse me, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is out. So you had Bradley Roby on the outside on the, on the offensive right side with PJ Williams on the inside of that playing in the slot where PJ Williams is really strong. And on the opposite side, you had Alante Taylor lined up over on the offensive left side. So what the Buccaneers do here is that they motion the receiver that's, that Bradley Roby is in coverage with from being on the outside over on the right to coming to the inside over on the right. What does that do? That forces a one-on-one between Brashad Perryman and PJ Williams on the outside. So you get a veteran speed wide receiver matching up with PJ Williams where he is uh, not as strong as he is in the slot or at safety, which is when he's matched up one-on-one on the outside. Brashad Perryman runs a good route, gets over the top of him. PJ Williams kind of bites down a little bit. That allows... Uh, 
Brashad Perryman to get behind him. It's a cover one, so Marcus May can't get over to the sideline that quickly. And Brashad Perryman wisely runs kind of with an outside sort of fade uh, toward the back of the end zone. Tom Brady throws it that way as well. So you cre- continue to create distance with the attempt to catch the ball between yourself and the safety. In that case, you're running in the same direction as the safety. Therefore, the safety can't close that distance. You're already behind PJ Williams at that point. So again, just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers understanding matchups. And if you have Marshawn Lattimore in the game, that doesn't happen that way. In that case, you're then taking a shot at you know, a uh, Bradley Roby or you're taking a shot at uh, Alante Taylor. And then if you have Paulson Adebo there, you might be taking a shot at Paulson Adebo in that case, depending upon the zone or man responsibilities of that play. So as you have the actual corner, your actual cornerbacks available and you're not playing with two corners, Bradley Roby and Alante Taylor, you don't end up with that situation where you have a safety or a nickel corner playing on the outside. You have guys with outside veteran experience that are taking, or Paulson Adebo, right? Who's, who's not veteran experience, but has really solid play experience at this point on the outside instead, even if you motion the outside guy to the slot, get the slot guy to the outside, however it is that you try to take advantage of that matchup, that matchup will then favor the New Orleans Saints with their usual personnel, didn't favor them with the personnel that they were down to in this one, PJ Williams effectively having to play now at this point in his career out of position as an outside corner. So again, that's the only reason why that ends up happening for you and not something that I think you need to be concerned about or worried about for the New Orleans Saints moving forward once they have you know a guy not ejected and then also have Paulson Adebo back, which fingers crossed happens sooner rather than later. All right, coming up next, especially when it comes to those defensive backs, it's not just those two guys and Bradley Roby, right? Marshall and Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Bradley Roby, but Alante Taylor saw 17 snaps the other day and seemed to impress Dennis Allen. I asked Dennis Allen about it, and I'll show you what it is that he had to say as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On. Saints. Before we get to that, though, and all the nice things that Dennis Allen had to say about Alante Taylor, let me tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for all of your sports wagering needs, and our online gambling partners here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You're looking for odds in the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, uh, college sports like basketball, uh, college basketball on the way, college football, of course, going on, esports, combat sports. You can find all of it over at Bet Online. You can also find helpful articles, podcasts, inside thoughts, reviews on how the trends and action are going all across the betting world as well. You can even bet on golf too. Golf is apparently very fun to bet on, birdies over under, things like that. Tons of stuff for you to check out today over at betonline.net. Remember the New Orleans Saints are opening up as two and a half point favorites in Carolina. We'll be there. They'll be there. Maybe you'll be there. I know Kristen and some other uh, hoodats are making the, making the trip. If you want to go ahead and make it a little bit more interesting, Bet Online is the place to get that done. Check them out today, Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Alante Taylor, the New Orleans Saints. Rookie cornerback drafted out of Tennessee in the second round this year, impressed head coach Dennis Allen on Sunday. Taylor came in in relief of Marshawn Lattimore for a bit after Marshawn Lattimore was uh, ejected from the game. So don't understand why he was ejected, but that's okay. Neither here nor there. Uh, Bradley Roby remained in the game out on the outside and on the outside opposite him came Alante Taylor out of Tennessee. 
The New Orleans Saints drafted Alante Taylor in the second round. I thought that he was going to be somebody that the Saints moved to safety, but they have been adamant about giving him opportunities to compete at outside corner. And I thought that he did a very good job on Sunday coming in in relief. Wasn't really tried, but once didn't really give up any ground or give up any opportunity to be challenged. And the one time that he was tried, nearly forced a fumble, going to be credited with a pass breakup on that one. Here's what Dennis Allen had to say about Alante Taylor. And I'll tell you why it's important, uh, everything in the high praise that he is giving the young quarterback. I liked what I saw, you know, um, it's kind of a bang, bang play on our sideline that, you know, half a count later is going to be a fumble instead of an incompletion. Um, you know, they had a third down kind of sprint out seven route to Perriman that he ended up getting a PBU on. So, um, look, if he can stay healthy, um, I, I really like the player and, and like the prospect. And, and so, um, you know, I think that was good for him, you know, moving forward to get a little experience playing defense. There's a lot of things that I've appreciated about Dennis Allen over the course of the offseason and the beginning of the season. And one of the things that I've really, really enjoyed is his honesty. He's been a very honest guy and he's given a, a lot more insight than I think you usually expect from head coaches in the NFL. And he hasn't been afraid to say look, we wanted to see this, look, we wanted to see that, or I want to see this from this player, I want to see that from this player. He also hasn't been afraid to sort of praise those players either. And we see both of those things here, right? Dennis Allen, very importantly, exclaims how much he likes the prospect, how much he likes the player, and what it is that he brings. He highlights that sort of bang-bang play that happened over on the, the Saints sideline where, you know, like, like Dennis Allen said, a beat later, and that could have been called a fumble. He just comes up and just slobber knocker on, uh, on, on the potential receiver coming out to the, the, the right sideline on that one, the, the defensive right sideline. And that was the one time that Alante Taylor got tested in, in this game. I mean, for the most part, he gave up no ground when it came to man coverage. He was very physical. And you saw this very physical play as well to where he kind of drops back in zone. Because of that zone, you get a cushion for the receiver uh, down underneath. And Alante Taylor absolutely tim- times it up extremely well. Ball gets to receiver. Taylor gets to receiver ball is out. And Dennis Allen's right. A, a beat later, and that could have been a fumble, right? That, so you're, you're seeing Taylor's ability to be able to impact the game on 17 snaps. 17 snaps. That's really impressive. And it's, and like, let's give Chris Richard credit here too, right? Because Chris Richard is coming in and he's had sort of this mentality that he's brought to these New Orleans Saints about contact fumbles. It's been an emphasis for them. That's what he told us in one of his pressers last week. Contact fumbles, thinking about the ball, despite all the other things that are going on. I got to drop back into coverage. I got to see this guy in the run game. I got to defend the run. I got to come up. I got to make sure that I'm shooting my gaps. I got to hit this player. I got to wrap up. I got to secure. I got to bring him to the ground. But if at some point in there, you could just quickly think about the ball, then you might be able to Pete Werner, right? Punch the ball out, which he's done twice so far this season. So just looking at that skill set now already kind of making sense for Alante Taylor, you're seeing the things already from Taylor that Cody Burns, New Orleans State's wide receiver coach, that led to Cody Burns highlighting Alante Taylor as public enemy number one in one-on-ones during rookie minicamps and OTAs and things like that. Like that mentality that I'm coming, I'm going to be physical, I'm going to knock the ball loose, I'm going to come after that, I'm going to take this away, like doing all those things, like being that player with that mentality of generating turnovers, affecting the play, affecting the ball, all of that. That's all stuff that is great to see from a guy that has now played 17 snaps effectively over on the defensive side. 
But I also love when Dennis Allen gives a little bit of praise like that, but then says, but here's the reality of the situation. If he stays healthy, we like him as a player. We like him as a prospect. It's great that he got an opportunity to get some of those defensive snaps. So there's almost like a little bit of an acknowledgement there of here's what we hope for the player. Here's what we're concerned about with the player. You saw something similar when he was asked about uh, excuse me, Peyton Turner, who was last year's first round draft pick, being a healthy scratch for this game. Was he a healthy scratch? Was he injured? Dennis Allen said straight up, he was a healthy scratch. We wanted Tano Passanio to get some snaps to see if we can get something when it came to that group that we didn't have last week. That's a big statement. And Dennis Allen's not afraid to make those big statements, whether it be praise, whether it be concern, or an Alante Taylor's choice, whether it be, or a caution, not concern, whether it be a blend of both. I respect that about Dennis Allen. I respect this about Alante Taylor, though that he came in and was able to do what he did, didn't get attacked. Usually when you have a rookie coming in, you have a guy like Marshawn Lattimore go off the field, you're plugging in a rookie who hasn't played any real, you know, played, you know, but a a couple of defensive snaps so far this season, and he just has to go in there and be their number two corner. You go after that guy. You target that guy. You just go after him. You attack that person. Not Alonzo Taylor. He didn't give you a chance. He Takashi 6'9'd him. Stupid. I'm never going to let you get the chance. That was Alante Taylor. And so that's the good news around all of that is that that's the talent that you're getting from this young rookie that can develop a little bit further into becoming a larger part of the defense. Like I mentioned, he's already shown you what he can do in special teams. I think there's some strides for him to make there just as a tackler. But once he gets that down, I mean, he and JT Gray can be an elite tackle, excuse me, elite gunner tandem going into or, or throughout the 2022 season. So he'll have a role carved out for him one way or another, just like we expected going into this season. But the more he plays on defense, the more reps he gets, the more opportunity he sees, then you get Marshawn Lattimore back next week. You get you know Paulson Adebo back hopefully sooner rather than later. You sort of have this mix and match game plan that you want to have if you're the New Orleans Saints at nickel corner too, where you get to rotate some of these guys as well. So it should only mean more opportunity for Alante Taylor, as uh, Dennis Allen said, as long as he stays healthy, right? So that becomes that sort of big piece. But for the New Orleans Saints, just like that wide receiver core is showing you its depth, its capabilities, what makes it special, so too is the New Orleans Saints secondary. And even when they give up two big explosive plays like they did uh, on Sunday against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only one of which actually translating as a, a part of the drive into points, you're pretty happy <clears throat> with what you got when it comes to the New Orleans Saints secondary so that you don't have players playing out of position and everything like P.J. Williams was kind of stuck doing uh, in that Brashad Perryman uh, touchdown. So good news for the New Orleans Saints, good news for New Orleans Saints fans to have these two sort of premium positions in really, really good hands, it looks like, uh, as things go through. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to have Julian Council on the show, host of Locked on Panthers, to help to preview for our crossover Thursday, New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. New Orleans Saints are favored there. I'll tell you why I think the New Orleans Saints are looking at this as a possible rebound game, but their biggest challenge lies in that offensive backfield for the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey back, looking pretty good. So the New Orleans Saints defense uh, has a lot going, so we'll break all of that down and get you all ready for this weekend's big matchup in North Carolina. Appreciate you, as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out that Peacock and Williamson NFL show. 
All the big news and analysis notes everything you're looking for around the entire NFL in less than 30 minutes with former NFL scout and NFL expert Matt Williamson and NFL expert and analyst Brian Peacock as well. Get that wherever you get your podcast. As always, y'all, I appreciate you so much for making Locked on Saints part of your day, part of your routine. Thank you so much, as always, for saying yes to me and the show. And uh, if you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.